Hello, everyone. This is Greg, your host of Goddamn GameCube, and this is season four. Follow Goddamn GameCube on social for updates on the show and subscribe to us on YouTube for bonus video content. Thank you and enjoy today's episode. Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Goddamn GameCube. Greg and Riley are your hosts today, and we are going to be talking about Titanfall 2, another game that I didn't know if we'd ever discuss, but it definitely deserves uh, some attention. Mm -hmm. um, so Riley, I am going to kick it to you right away, and let's get going. Yes, Greg, thank you for uh, addressing this with me. I was revisiting some of our older episodes recently, and we do uh, positively speak about this. I'm uh, very grateful we get to speak about it at length. Um, so I just, it's kind of funny because um, Titanfall 2, we are we are not doing a Titanfall 1 episode. <laughs> I just want to um, very briefly, I have a, a quick rundown of Titanfall 1 uh, because I haven't played it. You didn't play it, right? Did you play the first one at uh, all? I played a few hours of it when it came out. Okay. So basically what I have here, Titanfall 1 uh, is an FPS released in 2014. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, deb the debut release by um, the former Call of Duty team. Um, they were uh, the ones who worked on the first couple games, Modern Warfare, that kind of stuff. The Infinity Ward guys. Yes. Yep. So they were, I didn't know this, but they were actually fired uh, for breach of contract, some kind of oh. legalese thing, um, insubordination, whatever. It's all on the record. Um series of lawsuits and staff walkouts they seem like they're in the right to me personally i'm i'm always siding with the underdog um but this led to the foundation of respawn entertainment as we know it now um so they developed it it was published by ea somehow um and so basically this is a uh for all intents and purposes a mech game um you have a bunch of uh kind of different looking mechs uh, designs that were I, I found out was kind of interesting. They very rudimentarily um, put together with models made of wire and, and wood and plastic. They had a, a lack of uh, computer resources, so they didn't like 3D it out. They just kind of fussed with it. Um, very uh, so basically, I, I think one one thing I wanted to bring up that I think is a lost art in game is that this game was populated with multiple uh, computer controlled characters. Um, to not only improve the fluidity of gameplay, keep it consistent, keep it moving, but to also create a grander sense of scale. And this is something that I really liked about the early um, uh, Star Wars Battlefront games, the uh, Pandemic Studios. Like they, there was always like a shitload of people on the map to feel like you were in a large battle. And are you referring to single player or multiplayer? <laughs> that's the that's the twist here. Yeah, a little bit of both. Um, so for all intents and purposes, uh, this game is basically multiplayer only, the first one. Um, there is a sort of single player that is more or less a tutorial. It's just kind of like a, a, um, a faux, uh, you know, game type. Like, I, did you play that at all? Is so that what you played? Um, it, what's, <laughs> so I didn't play that. The, the little connection I was going to make. I have only played one other multiplayer game where the multiplayer map is purposely populated by computer characters. Okay. And oddly enough, it was the Turok game on Xbox 360. I, I like that game a lot. Yeah, that, know, that I, game did that too. I, that was, um, not to get too far off the rails, but I played that on a whim and I think everyone hated it, I mean, yeah. but, but I had a good time. Me too. Anyway, um, that's the only uh, close, uh, I guess, yeah, connection I have to something like yeah, that. Yeah, so, so these were scripted... Um, multiplayer engagements that they had like a little bit of backstory on and yep. stuff but it was overall just like a tutorial for the multiplayer it got very negative reviews um basically what i wanted to get down to here was this is sort of uh where you get the uh cat and mouse dynamic here with the pilots and the titans so your pilots your your normal sort of call of duty guys running around uh doing all this kind of stuff and the titans are uh, they're partners, you know, the huge mechs, and they sort of exist in tandem. You know, um, if you're on the ground, you are threatened by the larger one, but you can do a lot more. You're, you're a lot more agile, uh, do some parkour tricks, that kind of thing. Um, it's, so interestingly enough, uh, this first game used a lot of cloud computing. Do you know much about this? No. So it's like a lot of the work is being done by the cloud when it comes to... Um, for the servers, the physics, and the AI. 
which is very like <laughs> so it's like it's happening in real time is that what you mean yeah from what i understand i don't oh, want to wow. i don't okay. want to like punch above my pay grade here okay. but i thought that was kind of interesting to bring up that this was this was a adoptee of this where you know i guess to lessen the load on consoles or your system or whatever um but yeah yeah so this game was very to me it just kind of came and went because yeah i was into that game hawken at the time yeah different like kind of a little bit more rugged it seemed um and it, it was just kind of like eh, whatever but so this game uh it introduced um the central conflict here is the the two factions you have the frontier militia that's your your guys and the IMC, which are an industrial conglomerate, kind of like the uh, East India Trading Company, mm -hmm. but like in space, I guess. So it's very sci-fi, sort of futuristic. Um, it, it, I mean, ultimately, it's it seems like a good blueprint for what we have in Titanfall 2. But I did want to mention, I don't know if you know about this, it um, was very vulnerable to hacks. I guess this was like their first um, project, a lot of cheaters. Um, and eventually, you know, people started filtering out a low player account. They actually um, started ending sales of the original one. They started taking it okay. off platforms just because they couldn't um, afford to maintain, you know, keeping the cheaters mm -hmm. out, which is kind of a sad fate for any game. But that's that's the story of Titanfall one. Mm -hmm. So we're going to get into the second one, which notably I thought it was very interesting. It was like they were determined to have a single player, which is the majority of what we're going to be talking about today. Um, it's it's so weird that this game that just sort of came and went has a sequel that has a, so many interesting things about it, like very unique things that I haven't seen done in other games. And it's 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 very odd to me. So this one came out in 2016, um, received critical acclaim, but it was a commercial disappointment. Mm hmm. Um, there was a distinct lack of marketing. I remember finding out like months later, oh, the second one came out? You know, yep. like, yep. it's like, oh. So, and this was released during a very crowded um, FPS release window. So you all, you had Battlefield 1 at the time, which was yep. enormous. Yep. And you also had uh, Infinite Warfare, yep. which was the space Call of Duty. So um, not not ideal uh it didn't do very well commercially but uh hopefully trying to spread the word here um just so you can maybe appreciate this this uh underrated classic so essentially the the basic premise here is um you you have a very generic seeming kind of uh protagonist jack cooper and through a tragic turn of events he uh inherits uh like the most advanced titan mech um in the frontiers arsenal and he finds himself tasked with becoming a, because he's just like an ordinary man, uh, becoming a pilot um, and completing his his uh, former captain's mission. So um, this is pretty much an instant win for character motivation if you can handle it well, I think, mm -hmm. where you have like, like a Solaire sort of, or not a Solaire, um, Oscar, where you have... Uh, like you know, I'm gonna help you. I'm gonna hand the torch. I'm gonna give you this amazing thing, and you're and I need you to fulfill my mission, right? Sure. And um, the the way they uh, describe it in interviews is it's the two characters kind of playing off each other, kind of like a buddy cop movie, like you know, like just partners in crime. I think like this this game was kind of a hard sell for me at first. Yeah, yeah. You know, as like you and I know, like. Mech games are not my thing either. You know what right. I mean? I tend to have a hard time uh, with uh, big, bulky, awesome robot destruction. You right. know what I mean? Not, I'm not into it. Yeah. And well, I think what what was tr uh, interesting, also tricky about this is how do you have normal person, big mech, but have it be emotionally compelling, yes. which it is, and it is not. And they really do a nice job towing the line between cute and serious Completely. throughout the entirety. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so in that vein, I wanted to get a little bit into um, the memorable aesthetics of this, mm -hmm. um, where I found uh, that the pilot attire and weapons, like they're pretty interchangeable. Like, mm -hmm. like seeming that's kind of where I was coming from. Like, I don't know if I'm into this. You know, that was kind the of, Call of Duty part. Yes, yeah. exactly. And I'm like, eh, it kind of looks like they're contemporaries. But I felt that this was very. It it makes a nice contrast with how exciting and memorable all the titan stuff looks mm -hmm. they like they all look very you know kind of unique and memorable um bt uh, is the main uh titan that you're hanging out with 
very uh, memorable character design um, with the the roving eye mm -hmm. thing, and uh, he does the thumbs up. You have a little thumbs up with him. Um, and uh, so basically for me, what I liked so much about this, and this is what we were talking about with our Metal Gear thing, with, with I, don't, I don't like anything that is too uh, mechs that are too like Power Rangers-y. Yeah. Where it's like super, you know, lithe and fluid and everything. I like the big chunky pieces of machinery. Yep. You know what I mean? And, and uh, the majority of them. I would say almost all of them in this game feel like that, like a believable piece of equipment. Um, and a small detail I noticed uh, upon revisiting this is that when you climb into uh, BT's uh, cockpit, um, the HUD is comprised of like pre presumably four or five different uh, fiber optic cameras and they all kind of pivot to into position like it's not okay. just one screen it's like mm -hmm. a couple different cameras it's kind of like cool. you're seeing through the eye yes yeah. exactly 100 yeah. um and one of the interesting things also was um the uh, the ship design in this because there's a good amount of spaceships and all that stuff they were trying to convey that these were not warships you know because this is a very this is sort of the frontier mm -hmm. and all these are are being sort of the titans too kind of being retrofitted from an agricultural or industrial role into war. And I thought that was, that was a cool way to do it. Um, I, I found, uh, Cooper's voice acting kind of inoffensive. You know, he's not, yep. he, he's like, he's like vanilla normal, but he's not like didn't great on me, you know? And, um, I would call, uh, BT's performance, like the, the key to success here. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's kind of like what I said before, where I think it's specifically uh, BT that you really stride that line between cute and serious. Yes. Where you're trying to, I, I, I've just, it's very serendipitous. I happened uh, very recently, I was reading a bunch of the Google sentient AI documents. Yes. And kind yeah. of reading how like a quote unquote robot would talk to a human. Right. So going back and revisiting Titanfall, I'm, I almost feel like I'm now... Uh, looking more closely into how would you voice act script a, a AI essentially. Right. right. So, and I, I should be clear that like uh, he is, I believe the only one that has an AI attached to him. I think so. Only one of his own, um, his own personality. So uh, the voice actor, I want to give credit here, Glenn Steinbaum, a uh, very understated performance, um, very much the key to its emotional uh, success. I feel like in the wrong hands, it could have been, or, or mouths, we'll say, uh, it could have been kind of like trite or cringy. Mm -hmm. Like, mm, I am discovering emotions, you right, know, right, like, right, uh, right, come right. on. But it was, it's very like, yeah, good. So like, um, there are actually like two lines that I picked out that I thought were very funny. Sure. Yeah. I don't know if you, um, perhaps I can go for it now. Yeah, go ahead. So something that I thought was really funny was, um, there's at one point Cooper says something. I think I'm gonna need some new underwear, and then BT says noted for the next supply drop. Yeah, right. We're like you have that disconnect. Where he doesn't quite. He doesn't. But he, he wouldn't he, understand joking. Yes, and, and and it's not like it's not too robotic. It just sounds like a guy saying, "All right, cool." And there's another really <laughs> funny one too, where um, there's this little running joke in the game where I, Cooper says something. You're gonna have to throw me. Yes, and then the the, the robot. I shouldn't say the robot. The B robot. Yeah, BT ends up like almost like um, internalizing throwing as like some uh, as like a a method to completing a mission. Yeah. So they're actually we'll talk about the end of the game later. But yeah. There are some moments towards the end where he's like the robot. Well, uh, the robot BT will actually say. Uh, we we have to engage the throw, and it's almost like it started as a cute joke, but now that that endearing line about having to throw him almost like Gimli, yeah, like you should throw yes. me. It, it almost becomes like this very like heroic moment too. Well, so they they work on it over the course of the game. It's kind of funny because it's it's you know you you he you do need him to throw you, yeah. But it is sometimes it doesn't work out like yeah, in the yeah, beginning, yeah. and then as over the course of the game, it kind of becomes like a trust fall thing yeah, almost. Yeah, yeah. Like so, mm -hmm. it works. It works for me. Um, so and uh, before we we get too far away from this, I wanted to mention that the sound design is incredible. Yeah. Uh, very impressive. Um, you know, just in terms of so much shit is going on. There's so many enemies on screen. You know, there's you can have a couple titans on screen at once. All their different weapons and stuff. And the way it was all mixed, it it really lent itself well to me 
for that that sense of scale they were going for. Well, I feel like you have the right team to do that kind of thing where we can like make fun of Call of Duty and Battlefield forever, but like these war games sound amazing. I see, the thing is I want to differentiate here. This is the team that made all the ones they made I liked. Yeah. Like, the, like the first two Call of Duties Call of Duty 4. And, and the first two Modern Warfare, yeah. I believe they did. Yeah, sure. And those, I think those are all good. Mm-hmm. Um, so it makes perfect sense that they would do it. They would cross that over. Yeah. Um, so I guess I uh, just, just wanted to ask you uh, very quickly before we move on. Um, so what did you think of the way this game looked and sounded? And did you feel that they adequately, adequately conveyed the scale and power of Titan combat? Yeah, so I was thinking of something. I was actually something struck me earlier today. Um, do you remember that that I okay? There was a game that came out in like 2007 that I hated called Lost Planet. Do you yeah, remember that? I was actually thinking about that um, because I was confusing it with Dead Space. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So the reason why I bring up Lost Planet is yeah. sure it's not the same kind of game, but. What I think about Titanfall is it's kind of like Call of Duty, Mirror's Edge, and and Lost Planet put together. Right. Where you have the running across wall animations from Mirror's Edge. It shoots like Call of Duty, but you also have this very active mech system. Yes. And so what I thought of this game like aesthetically, it's almost like you it's almost like you had the perfect team for this, right? Where yeah. it's all you take the Call of Duty very sleek shooting. It's I'm gonna make a half joke here. They kind of made what Infinite Warfare should have been, right? right? Which is mechs and, and and space and AI and yeah, that sort yeah, of thing. Yeah, 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 absolutely. No, I, I mean I think uh, aesthetically a complete success. Um, so we're gonna get into uh, the overall gameplay here. Uh, interestingly enough, co-op was considered but scrapped because they wanted to emphasize an immersive storytelling experience. I think it was probably for the best. Um, a much more re- uh, reductive approach was taken where they kept kind of, it was like that, that uh, was that Japanese garden thing where you take away the unnecessary, all the unnecessary elements yeah. and uh, focus on the fundamentals. Um, kind of helping players get a handle on the game a little quicker so they can you know, kind of just jump into if the multiplayer, if they want to um, focus mainly on honing like your primary skills. It's really not that complicated. Like despite controlling two different types of, you know, it's, it's shooting a, mechanics. a little bit more involved in like a call of duty. I think it's very easy to pick up. Yeah. Um, an interesting uh, a philosophy I found out about here where they talked about, they have a two one, one ratio for, for the content here. Um, two parts combat, one part platforming, and one part puzzling. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think that's that's a that's a winning formula, right? Well, there. I think um, it, that's really kind of where the Mirror's Edge thing comes into play, right? There's yes. a lot of running across walls and jumping. And yeah. So the pilots they can they can wall run, they can double jump, and they can slide. It's very dynamic. There was a level in particular that I thought they, they kind of put this on display. Do you remember the Urban Assembly? Yes. Where you kind of have to almost go through the different prefab environments. It's kind of weird, like a movie set, and you have to kind of jump. That was very Mirror's Edge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Mm -hmm. absolutely. So, um, like I mentioned, kind of um, the the FPS uh, equipment was pretty stock, but there are a couple notable exceptions I I wanted to mention, um, because you fight a lot of robots in this game, which I forgot about, and... um, you can, they have uh, the arc grenades, which, which shock them. And they also have uh, the ninja stars with the, uh, it, it creates like little gravity wells and fire sets people on fire and stuff. And also um, the ticks, which are the little crawling mines. Yeah, that's it's right. Very, very cute. Very kind of, oh, this universe has some. Has something going on. Memorable elements, right? Um, so basically the way they set this up in the campaign, um, versus, uh, multiplayer BT is a unique Titan because he can pick up, uh, other kits and copy any of their move sets mm-hmm. in the developer's words, like Mega Man. Ah, so you yeah, can, yeah, yeah. over the course of the game, I'm just going to rhyme them off super quick just for the audience's benefit here. Um, you have the expedition, which is a, the machine gun. Um, and you also have that shield that you can the block. vortex shield. Yep. Yeah, I yep. mean that's that's I love that in any game. Yep. Um, the tone, which is like the target locking, I thought that was really cool because you you have to land three hits with your rifle, and then you can once that's like a target lock, and then you can shoot your yep. missiles at them. A little, little different than just kind of 
pumping somebody full of lead, sure. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, Scorch, which is the uh, thermite flamethrower, yep, yep, yep. stuff like that. The Brute, which is the uh, flying heavy one. You shoot, shoot a bunch of rockets at people. Uh, the Ion, which is the laser. It's very, very powerful. Uh, the Ronin is the... I like this one a lot, the sword one, where you can, like, yep. f- uh, shift through reality and yep, yep, all yep. So you block Almost with like the, the sword. The Ronin, they're kind of talking about, like, feudal Japan or, like, the... Yes, yeah. yeah. Um, the North Star, which is the sniper. Is, yeah. That's, that's a good one. And um, Legion, which is uh, very, very slow, but it deals very high damage with, like, a huge turret. So you, you've got, like, a pretty much cornering every aspect of like a shooter but blowing it up to an enormous scale mm-hmm. and it's awesome um so there was also a i don't know if you you use this much but a stealth uh kind of cloaking mechanic you could use um mainly intended as a way to get um get the edge on an enemy or a group uh or make a quick getaway when things get hairy um for me this is a pretty good way of implementing some sneaking without sacrificing that momentum like keep yeah. you in the game like it's just a very temporary like the arbiter in halo i guess like it's an emergency thing you know like just get mm-hmm. me out of there um it does it like because this, this game is is by and large kind of like a like a fuck it let's go kind of experience yeah, it, yeah, so yeah, yeah, there's yeah, not yeah, a lot yeah. of like sneaking intended no it's a good way to just kind of sneak it in there um you do have a handful of dialogue choices, which are kind of interesting. Yeah, that's right. And you're you're really you're gonna get to the same point, like you're gonna get to the same ending, but it just kind of um, it, it allows you a little bit to color your relationship a little bit more with BT because you can kind of um, take a more sincere approach, or you can kind of like joke around with them a little mm-hmm. bit more, which is nice. Um, and one other thing I want to, because I didn't want, I didn't play much of the multiplayer. It is very awesome, but uh, they, unlike many of their peers, decided to give away maps and modes for free, so the player base wasn't fractured. Mm-hmm. And that's like that's so honorable. That's awesome. Well, I almost feel like uh, I don't want to say it was necessity, but they didn't have a big player base from the first one either. Right. So I think really what they were trying to do is they're trying to bolster their player base, but there was I haven't heard anything about a third one. So I'm not no. sure why they are doing that other than I don't I, I feel I like mean, I this think, was this was years ago. This is 2016. What, yeah. six years ago? Yeah. So, so I mean, it's, it's just odd for me. To, I mean, I'm just so jaded now. It's odd for me to think a developer would just be a good guy. And yeah. Stuff yeah. It just feels weird. Absolutely. Um, so basically, I was just I just wanted to ask um, with all those sort of balls in the air. Do you do you have any particularly fond memories of gameplay? Any loadouts you liked in particular? Yeah. Moves? Guns, etc. I think vortex shield throwing because that allows you to essentially throw bullets and rockets back at people yeah. is always the best. What I found myself using a lot is pounding the Gatling gun and kind of almost deking and dodging my way, you know, uh, between environments and yeah. sort of pounding damage that way. Um, like I didn't use the flamethrower too much. I, yeah. I don't know what you chose to do, but I did a lot of vortex shield and Gatling. I, um, yeah, like I said, I was pretty fond of, just because it it changed the gameplay loop, the tone. I, it's, it was funny. I was I just saw the new Top Gun, and they talk about that. I've got tone. It's like yeah, yeah, like yeah. It, like you gotta have. I like just a saw good, that too, actually. It's it's a good movie. Yeah, it's like a warm blanket, kind of yeah. like this game. Um, yeah, exactly. Totally <laughs> yeah. totally similar. But in terms of rewarding, like good aim, it, and yeah. um, you know, it's it's um, I appreciate the options. Yeah. I guess is what I'm saying. So I like that one a lot, and I liked the. Ronin sword shotgun close, yeah, close yeah, quarters yeah, yeah. kind of thing. That, that was, was a lot cool. of fun. Um, so yeah, so you want to get into the story here? Yeah, the let's campaign? do it. Yeah. So what I wanted to uh, basically preface the audience with is that this this game in particular, they, they clearly strove very hard to make each board very memorable. There's only eight eight boards, mm-hmm. right? And each each of them has like it serves a purpose. It's not just like filler. And that's Riley's slang term for missions or levels is boards. Yes, sorry, <laughs> that was that was a very very uh, dated kind of terminology there. Um, so I, what I I found very surprising was that their community was evidently clamoring for single player. Um, you know, it's I feel like it was it's like. It's kind of a piss or get off the pot kind of situation. Well, I think we kind of we kind of have to go back into history a little bit. Yeah, where yeah. a multiplayer only game like Titanfall One coming out in 2014 kind of a sin 
back sure. then. I feel like that was the start of Rainbow Rainbow Six is going to come out as multiplayer only. Then Fortnite's going to come out as multiplayer only. You know what PUBG, I mean? We were, we were just kind of starting that. Overwatch. Yeah, like the, so the, the single player was very much just um, cursory for Titanfall 1. And it's so pe- I, guess, I guess people were kind of like, give me a little more game. We, well, sure. And I think number two was a, a big reason I think why we're even covering this is yeah. because of how surprisingly good the single player is. Yes, absolutely. Um, so for this, they they strove to create an experience that showcased Titanfall's unique mechanics. Mm-hmm. I think they did that excellently. Um, the areas uh, were designed to be closer in tone and aesthetic to a Zelda level than a traditional shooter. That was where they were coming from, which I think is kind of interesting. Um, how out there can we go and how beautiful can we make it? Um, you have a uh, very kind of, uh, in the beginning, you have a very uh, addicting kind of training course, like your classic Captain Price. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of. Uh, Flashbang uh, through the door kind of thing. Exactly. And um, I think it is a, it's really funny because it, you know, it's basically just teaching you, you, you don't really need to like, you, you kind of just get that itch. You see your name on the leaderboard. I'm like, I could do that. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. So I like that a lot. It was a good start. And they, they are about to give you the Titan training. It's, it's about to like drop um, in front of you and your ship gets attacked. So the simulation, the training simulation ends. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's pretty cool. It's like, oh, you're not ready for that yet, you know? Um, and you uh, get dropped into this battlefield where uh, it, it immediately sort of impresses the necessity of the Titans on the battlefield because you're just like, you get dropped into the shit. You know, yep. like just like huge, yeah, a large scale battle. Um, the tit- the enemy Titans show up, they wipe you out. You know, it's crazy. Um, and your captain is killed. Mm-hmm. And his his Titan, who be, you know we, we know as BT, um, gets really wrecked by this. So you uh, and your car- comrades uh, are kind of rounded up by um, the Apex Predators, mm-hmm. which are, are this uh, group of you know enemy Titan pilots. They're, they're like mercenaries, and you kind of they become like the Metal Gear boss unit over the course of the game. You have to fight them one by one. And um, the situation in the beginning, it's so funny because it's like I, I was like, man, like. <laughs> Uh, it it it, I, it takes a lot to get me sucked into a story, but it is very hopeless in yeah. the beginning. Mm-hmm. Like you're you have like an entire army that just gets like wiped, and you you are survive just like by a fluke essentially. Um, so you have this this first uh, mission in like a jungly kind of setting, like a crash site, and um, it, it's what's great is like so. This entire mission is trying to get BT working because he's been damaged and shut down. And it's great because for me, um, you, so you're looking for batteries essentially yep. to power him back up. And it's like it's like the least remarkable chapter, but it's also like it's trying to the, the objective is like let's it's gonna make the gameplay more exciting. Sure. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you're gonna get rewarded by in this by getting in the Titan. Mm-hmm. You know, and I thought that was very successful. Um, you, <laughs> I have a note here that's kind of funny. I said you have maybe the first sewer level that I've ever liked. Yeah, that's true. And I said, so why does this work, right? Why do why do we hate sewer levels, Greg? Why? <laughs> Uh, wait, why do we hate sewer levels? Yeah. Because what do you have? It's either it's always either ugly or there's poison or there's some sort of environmental thing that we can't stand or it's just a slog, yes. right? This, so this one, by contrast, is very brightly lit. Uh, it's wide open and it doesn't slow things down too mm-hmm. much. This is very much kind of you have a lot of um, trading back and forth between BT and Cooper and you have um, it kind of showcases like, well, he's going to like wade through the big water or whatever. He's going to, you know, you get into a combat scenario or, oh, I can't fit through this space. We're going to send Cooper through it mm-hmm. or have to walk along the walls, et cetera. But, you know, like it's even even a sewer level. They nailed. Right. Um, the, you mentioned the factory level. Brilliant. Absolutely right. brilliant here. Um, you have a lot of um, unique kind of platforming and shooting segments as you work your way through sort of this, uh, as you put a prefab assembly line where you have, I guess, a house or a neighborhood or something like that um, in varying states of production. 
So um, the like you're essentially as you progress through the level, like you're finding like these houses that are a little bit more complete, mm -hmm. and it changes it every time that you get into an encounter. And sometimes they're not like normally like like vertical or anything. They're like you know hanging upside down and stuff and all this stuff. And you wind up having to climb up that wall, right? And it was just like I was, that was very very Mirror's Edge, and I thought that was incredible. Uh, I was like, that was the moment I think for me, it was like kind of portally too, a little bit almost. Yeah. And I think that's the moment where I think I said, okay, they gave a shit about the level design. Exactly. Yeah. I was like, so this is going to be a little more unique than I expected. Yeah, maybe they're going to give you a little more than you thought. And what uh, makes it amazing is um, the, the battle at the end of this level is in the completed structure. Yes. And I yep. was like, oh, <sighs> yep. Nice. Awesome. Um, so I want to, uh, there's, there's a very, um, notorious, I'd say, level uh, coming up next, um, which has been discussed. There's a, a great video, which I guess we'll link, where of how they made it. Um, it is a, a very Nintendo-y kind of, you speaking of Zelda uh, level, where um, you get to this uh, area that is all run down, and you start experiencing these brief... Uh, temporal flashes where you're, you're going back in time, you're getting sucked back in time, uh, back and forth. It's very random. And then you eventually uh, find this uh, character you've been looking for who is dead and he is in <laughs> multiple pieces. <laughs> and you find this uh, wrist device that lets you flick back and forward through time. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm -hmm. And I was like, hold Dude, what's right. this is ins I've never seen anything like this before. Right. Um, I, I think it's incredible. Um, that so originally this was, um, I kind of an intriguing uh, premise where you were going to, BT was going to die in the present, and then you were going to have to go back to the past to find him and like bring him back. I guess kind of interesting, but it's a little simpler than that, where. Um, uh, you are just kind of trying to piece together what happened to this facility because sure. when you're in the past, everything is working. It's all beautiful. It's fully populated. Scientists and soldiers everywhere. And then when you're in the future, it's all like um, uh, animals, you yeah, know, yeah, kind yeah. of running around and shit. It's very rainy. It's it's like a very so basically you have they're not really reusing assets because the the eras are so disparate. Sure. Um, and you, there's actually a pretty cool little Easter egg where if you interrupt a presentation going on in the past, if you find the audio log in the future, it will be interrupted at the point that you, huh. that wow, you interrupted it. Pretty, pretty crazy. Um, a lot, it's it something else that I, I, I was thinking myself about that they address in interviews is that a lot of the geometry that they used, they created for this is missable since you are so frequently yep, flipping jumping back there's and a forth. lot of like you know oh i'm gonna i'm gonna fall into this fire i gotta flip back into the future mm -hmm. or past or whatever and you're you you can theoretically miss like whole hallways yeah. because they're traversable either way um it was one of those like we i recalled uh our conversation with bill gardner where it was a lot of symbiosis between you know the art team and the design team sure where yeah, you yeah, have yeah. um the level designer handing off kind of gamey geometry to the art department and hoping they can make it work. Yeah. Um, and what I found out was that Respawn now uses this this tactic to test new hires. Like, can you make, we have this geometry, we need it for this level. Can you make it look like a real thing? Oh, wow. And okay. I, think, I think that's a very, very interesting way to test someone's creativity. Um, you also have like C4 that you can use in this. And it's, it's, I think that's awesome because you can like drop it in, in the past and flip back to the future and then trigger and then it, et cetera. Yep. Oh man, you can do a lot. And, um, what I thought was, was pretty crazy about this was they, uh, said it was uh, inspired by the nightcrawler scene in, uh, X-Men two. And if you remember this at all, but there's a scene where, this character is breaking into the White House and he can teleport. And every time he teleports, he disappears in a puff of uh, blue smoke. Right. And so they're like, where is he? Where is he? And, and like, they're trying to trying to track him down and stuff. And so basically that's what you're doing 
to uh, the enemies in this level because they're watching you blink in and out of existence. Right, sure. And it's like, so you're getting like this huge panic and um, it winds up, you know, obviously you kind of realize that you are the one who caused this place to fall apart. Right. And you, so it ends ultimately with this uh, device um, that you've been looking for uh, exploding and there's like a freeze frame and it's all like, so you, you've been snapping back and forth mm -hmm. uh, the whole time and it's all sort of converging here and you have a platforming sequence along. I mean, this is really like, you really have to experience it for yourself, but you are, are you know, it's in the middle of an explosion and you have to like parkour along things that are flying through the air. Yep. And it was like, holy shit, this level is unbelievable. So you guys thought you would get this from uh, Titanfall 1 and the Call of Duty guys, right? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely right. not. I mean, yeah. and, and it's it's. I feel like a ton of people would would love this. Would eat this up. Right. You know? Sure. So, um, a little less remarkable uh, is the following level where you um, have to like call for help. You have to adjust like a relay, and it's this is a very parkour heavy thing, mm -hmm. and uh, a lot of good like fun uh, like sniping opportunities. I'm like oh, something different, you know. Um, you have to uh, move these like cranes so you can uh, uh, parkour, parkour around, around them. Yep. And it winds up you use like the same kind of controls to get the like relay and alignment and stuff like that. That's kind of what their one per their what one one uh, section puzzle solving that yeah. the game philosophy. Yes, but you also get it's a, a very fun funny sequence where you get um, this called the arc gun, I believe, and you you have to like shock open doors with it. But you have to do this thing to power something up where you run into like a, it's almost like a Metal Gear like microwave situation where you have to, you have like 30 seconds to do this and you have to shoot this little gun like a million times and there's panels all over a room. I'm like, that's, I haven't seen that before. Right. That's kind of fun. Um, so essentially you you wind up like calling for help. Success. This game is, this plot is very simple. Mm -hmm. Like you're just, you're essentially, you're in a, you're, you're on this planet. You're looking for this device to, that is going to be a game changer. It's it's a time travel device. Sure. And um, you're looking for the Gears of War resonator. Right? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so I don't have much to say about the um, the mission where you link up with your buddies, except that it fucking rules. <laughs> it, it's, sure. it's it's um, this is the first time in the so essentially you have had a couple engagements with BT where you're you're fighting enemy titans here and there. Is this the one where you have like friendly robots with you too? Yeah, friendly titans, and you, yeah. they're they're all dropping in at once. Yeah. and there's so there's a ton of of big titans on your side and a ton on the enemy side, and you're just charging at each yeah. other. I'm like, dude, you fucking nailed it. This is literally the moment that I, I actually have a note written down here that it said. I think this is just the better version of Lost Planet. So that's kind of this. Because they were well, trying to do that. Yeah, because so many other developers would have had that sequence way earlier. It would have, yeah. wouldn't have felt like an earned like climax. Yeah. It's really like, let's go. Do you have any experience with Armored Core? Not a ton. Because I, I, I don't. No, I've only seen a little bit of footage because of... Um, uh, it's it's our, our guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Miyazaki? Miyazaki, yes. Yeah. I mean... So, I mean Maybe someday I'll, I'll check yeah, it out. Yeah, it's only crossover I can think it's of. It's very popular. Yeah, shitty Lost Planet in Armored Core. <laughs> yeah. So I love that part. I thought that was awesome. Um, and then you get an awesome... Uh, uh, there's a lot of awesome and interesting in this episode. Apologies. <laughs> a, little bit, a little bit of geeking out We're here. We're just using a lot of Call of Duty words. Like, yes. awesome. Awesome. Sick. <laughs> yeah. Um, there is a, uh, a mid-air chase that I loved. That I was. This game is like just keeps topping itself. Right? All in four hours. Right. It's a very, very short... Um, I played this originally on Game Pass. Uh, me too, I believe. Hopefully it's still on there if you want to check it out. But um, a lot of great platforming here. We are, you're, um, it's, it's almost like a, feels like a, like a smash map where you're, you're, you know, you're, you're racing along this landscape or on these ships, jumping from ship to ship. Um, this is where that throw comes in, where he's like, I have to accommodate that we're moving. It's a million miles an hour or whatever. And, um, a very kind of uh, tense moment where you have to, you have like what's called the data knife. So your knife is also has like a USB thing in it or whatever. <laughs> and you stick it in the ship and you have to drive the ship and yeah. you have to like line it up. It's like, man, what am I doing here? Like, yeah. this is crazy. 
And um, this was actually my favorite boss fight of the whole thing with the flying uh, titan that you have to fight. Yeah. He has a sniper rifle. Yep, yep. I, I was Because I found the bosses overall not as, like, up to par with the rest of the experience. Like, just, eh, it's just another it's titan It's kind of hide-behind-wall-shoot. Right. Yep. So this, this, this one stood out to me. Viper is the character. Um, there's... So this is... We're getting towards the end here, believe it or not, but there is... There, I have some a, a few a handful of gripes about the about the last level. Overall, I think it is very successful. Um, so you you find this the arc device as I mentioned. Um, BT uh, hides it in his cockpit, and you get captured mm-hmm. by the uh, by the uh, mercenaries, a- apex uh, people. Yeah. And um, he, he eventually are like, you gotta open up, or you know, we're gonna kill Cooper, right? And uh, like, oh, you get kind of an interesting thing here, and he's like, he's like, trust me. And you, yeah. yeah, yeah. You almost You're, text your helmet. Yes. Do you remember that little yes. moment? Uh, very nice. Very nice. Yeah. It's almost, this is kind of an interesting moment. I was actually watching this cinematic today before we recorded this. Yeah. It's a weird little moment here. Like I said recently, I was uh, reading into the Google Lambda Sentient AI thing. Yeah. And the big question I always have is like, can sentient AI lie or intentionally deceive? Mm. And I feel like BT does it in yeah. this scene where he says something like, a voice uh essentially the mercenary guys like give me the arc tell your robot or tell your titan to open up right and then the bt from the back goes cannot understand voice command like <laughs> essentially he's saying you're not cooper so i won't open but yeah, i'm like yeah. is he being cheeky like he yeah, clearly com- knows when someone's asking him to do yeah. but then he texts your hud trust me right or like or something like that i'm like this is like very clever and also cute. Yeah. Like what's going to go on here? No. And it, it's, it's very much like a payoff of, of the trust you have for yeah. each other and all that stuff. And they essentially like kill him air quotes. Right? Yeah. 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 So very you, sad. you wind up taking out his, uh, his core or whatever. And what I, I thought was, see this, this, uh, final level is even, uh, has a memorable aspect where, you are your uh, gun that you have here. It's like a little emergency kit. It is guided by his AI, so the bullets uh, auto target. They auto like, headshot. So even if you're not aiming at somebody, it's, like, no, it's like a, it's like a really cool moment where essentially like uh, BT deceives these villains into getting close to him, so he can start ripping them to shreds. Right. But he eventually, quote unquote, dies. Yeah. But um, with sort of his last, I guess. I'll, I'll call it his last robot breath. Yeah. He said, please, he calls it like a circuit or something. Yeah. So he essentially gives you his eye, which is an emergency kit. Yeah. And in it is a handgun with his targeting system. And I think it's one of those AI knives. Yeah. And then as you're, you're essentially sprinting through the final level with a handgun, but it's with robot precision. So everything like is a autom- headshot. Automatic. And unlimited it's, but ammo. It's a, it's a very good yeah. way of like building momentum as you you know this is the yeah. end like you yeah. know you're you're the shit now yeah, at yeah, this yeah, point yeah, yeah. and um so what winds up happening is you uh they they drop a empty uh titan in and yep. you just you stick his um his, his ai core back his in like it. thoughts and memories populate a different shell yes and so this is the last uh model of titan you get and it's the the legion one the one that's super strong and what winds up happening is like it has a big minigun and you you climb up it to, to get into I'm like, oh, this is pretty cool. This game like thought of everything, right? For a four hour fucking pump fest. A big let's let's go moment. Yeah, you it's know? like four hours of let's go, essentially. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I, um, my gripes here are that it, I feel like it kind of stumbles on the landing a little bit with once you um, get to the end, it doesn't feel like much of a victory. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have another bt death like not that long after the first one yeah and it is also maybe another fake out yeah so you have two fake out deaths and I'm like um yeah. right so um yeah i mean that's that's really it so like you you succeed you get the thing back whatever the, the MacGuffin. yeah whatever. you get the you get the resonator back yes <laughs> exactly and and uh the the last mercenary leaves you alone and it's actually kind of a weird scene. I was watching that cinematic today. As that's well, how I felt as well. Where he's it's kind of a strange scene where he could kill you, but says, well, it's not in the contract to kill him. So I'm not going to. Right. So this was all spurred by money. This is interesting. Yeah. Or not interesting at all. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I, so you have like a, a kind of meh ending for, yeah. for like an otherwise like pretty, impe- pretty impeccable experience. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
I guess my my question to you is, what would you have done differently in this moment? I okay. I thought that the first. I thought when BT essentially sacrifices himself to rip apart those dudes and give you the. Is it called the circuit? I don't remember. I think it's S C R R E. I don't remember. Okay. Um, I thought he should have been done. Like he's given you essentially that you've he's given you his brain and his gun. Now get out of here. Right. When you kind of get you almost get a cutesy moment where you put his thoughts and memories into a new Titan. Yeah. I would have almost rather it not that it, maybe rather it end there. Right. Yeah. Where he's given you his sort of his final weapon to get out of here. Yeah. I, that would be the emotional ending, right? Mm-hmm. Rather than a, a bunch of double fakes where he's back and he's <laughs> yeah, back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know that's maybe I would have almost gone for the ironic ending personally, right? Uh, by ironic, I mean, okay, he helped you in a cinematic. Here's gun, run down hallway, game's over, right? I don't know well, how you feel. Yeah, so either that or you give it to a new robot and that's it. Like one or the other. Yeah, you know, right? Instead of... and. I, I feel like they could have done a better job of making you hate that villain a little it bit It was more. very blah. I feel like they put a lot of effort into BT and Cooper, our, our buddies, and they learn about each other, not really this other stuff. Yeah. The, people a, want are being paid money for the resonator or whatever. Right? Yeah. Like whatever. Blah. Whatever. Yep. So um, that's it for the story. I, I had a couple closing comments sure. here. Um, Respawn's innovation fortunately carries over to the recent Star Wars game as we have covered. Please listen to that episode. Very proud of that episode. Play that game. Yeah. Jedi Fallen Order. That's right. A new one is a trailer just dropped for the the sequel whenever that's coming out. Mm -hmm. Um, So I wanted to, to mention this because it was a complete surprise to me. Titanfall is... Wait, is, before you say it, I have a note written down here. I wonder if it's the same. Go it's ahead. It's probably the same thing, but Titanfall is... This was the last one. I don't believe they have... You know, The disappointing uh, commercial uh, launch seems to have halted any imminent plans for a Titanfall 3, but for me, maybe this is the for the best. You created an absolute banger of a game that will, that will stand the test of time. I feel like um, the further you go with a series, the harder it is to maintain that same level of yeah. imagination. But why don't you just say yours, and I'll I'll tell you if it's the My same. My note is Apex Legends. Yes. And Apex Legends and Titanfall are the same universe? Yes. Question mark. So, so that was when I was I was replaying this game for the first time in years, and I was like. What is what is this? Apex Predators? Apex Predators? And then I was I was reading they the wiki. Dro- the mercenary drops an Apex card on your windshield. Yes. And it says Apex. I'm like, oh, really? And but I didn't I didn't make the connection until I was reading the wiki, and I was like, and it's like this character is one of the Apex Legends, and I'm like, what? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so essentially, Titanfall has continued, but it was lost on me. Yes. So I haven't I haven't played that game at all me either i mean there are no titans in it there's no there's no titans in it i what i from what i understand i i didn't actually remember that some of the characters um are ai like so like some of the enemy pilots are robots like um Mm -hmm. you know sentient robots and what what i so that that is a battle royale game right i think something I should I should have researched this, but I, I just thought it was a weird because I think the big joke is that there's a lot of commercials for it. Like this was sponsored by Apex Legends and everything. Right. It's, I always just kind of dismiss it as oh, it's one of those games. I right. had no idea it was connected to this Me game that I think very highly of. <laughs> I just think in the four years it's been since I played this game thoroughly, all this kind of multiplayer stuff has blown up. Oh yeah. 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 Absolutely. So. Um, yeah, I, I think this game is is pretty incredible. I have I have a lot of kind words for it. Um, last sort of interesting prompt as as I I kind of I was like I don't know if I would have wanted even a Titanfall three. What what do you think? It's so hard. Uh, where it's one of these things where Titanfall one I tend to kind of. I don't know what the right word is, sort of flick my nose at multiplayer-only kind of games. Yeah. Titanfall 2, it's a four-hour story with multiplayer that also didn't go anywhere. It didn't It didn't sell well. I'm always curious, like, if now that you've built the fan base and sort of the internet has sort of held up Titanfall 2 as this underrated gem of a story, Yeah. I wonder if they went back to it and they had all the support and all the budget, if they could really bang out a 10 out of 10. Maybe in a couple of years. You know what I mean? Where like I feel like it's been long enough now where I would see I could kill for another one. 
Sure. Um, where I, you know, there's a. I feel like we're almost seeing another circle where battle royale is getting oversaturated. Where I'm looking for something different. P- people are, are beginning to appreciate the single player. Well, uh, I guess what I mean is more. like also this game is consistently held up by the internet as bet as way better than you would think. The single player specifically. Oh yeah. I wonder like what they could do with it as a full fledged budgeted release. I know. I don't know. Hard to say. I mean, that's that's kind of why I picked it up in the first place was word of mouth. Yeah. So now you're you're kind of seeing that. I don't know. As as long as as you kind of continue to innovate and had things that I've never seen before, like that time travel level is like unbelievable. Hey man, like I feel like uh, what I kind of learned from Titanfall is like these game developers and directors and and writers, even though okay, they made Call of Duty, that doesn't mean these guys are not creative. That they don't have these, you know, these awesome sort of things you would not expect in terms of level design and parkour and time traveling. Yeah. These are all very talented dudes who made a very interesting game. Mm-hmm. And I think it would the stigma that they make Call of Duty, even though they made the good ones, yeah. I thought you were just gonna get a fucking stupid pump fest. And, yeah, and it's yeah. not that at all. Well, which yeah, is very interesting. That, that was what held it held me back from playing it. Of the, course, the me first too. When I release, etc. Yeah. But you know, don't judge a book by its cover, yeah. I guess. Don't is, judge a is, book by its prequels i guess i don't know I'm yeah not sure. it's yeah i don't know but um ultimately um do you want to get into uh, some grades here what would you yeah give i think game? we can wrap this up i think this is a big recording session day for eight out of tens i think it, it's, an, it's an eight for you yeah, yeah i think it's an eight out of ten day at I, goddamn gamecube studios I, i'm i think i might agree with you this is a b i think i think i think if um i think if i was a little more sucked into the the villains and that kind of aspect of the story it would have been a little higher. I think you can't. I don't. I don't think you can give this game an A because it it is incredibly brief, and they also don't land the ending. And like the multiplayer is kind of dead at this point. It never really got off the ground. It's it's um the multiplayer is definitely more successful than the first one was. I yeah. Think people are still playing it, but it is um it just didn't it didn't really get that. It didn't really. It didn't blow up. Blow up. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I, I'm going with an eight. Yeah, well. I think this is a B, and um, that is it for this episode of Goddamn GameCube, and we will catch you guys next time. Thanks.